podcast with Dan and Scott. Hottest golf podcast, whether you like it or not. Fresh from back in the day when that's a put at the park. 7 a.m. PM special where they played after dark. From the birds to the focus to the losses and the win. Welcome podcast, patron to the show, lead the pen. Get busy golfing or get busy dying. Hottest golf podcast and the swing ain't lying. Welcome back, podcast patrons. Another episode of Leave the Pin Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dan. Want to shout out my man, Tiger Hoods, for wrapping us in. And as always, I've got my man, Moan Scotto, with me, anticipating the snowstorm, ready to go sleigh riding like we did at Beth Page when we were kids. Scott, what is the good word? What is the good word? Yeah, I got the, the sled all ready to go. I got the snow thrower gassed up. Um, and uh, the, hopefully we can, you know, have some free time and take advantage of that. Not the snow thrower, the hill with the sled, but you know, snow thrower, you know, that's just a, a necessary evil. Sledding downhill fast, like an out of control avalanche is something that we know from literally growing up and going sleigh ride in the first hole of Beth page black. It also relates to the man of the moment, our boy P Reed, who is yet Again, this is a continuous cycle, Scott. This is every three to four months. Patrick Reed is embroiled in a rules controversy. The first question I want to ask you is when does this end? Um, how old is Patrick Reed? Uh, probably 30, 29. So, 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 so 20 years. Okay. It, this is going to be a regular thing for him. And he's, he's too good to disappear. So, yeah, he's 30. So, yeah, until he gets to the champion store. This, the man has, uh, first off, let's go a little historical perspective. The man has a long history of being accused of cheating. <clears throat> Excuse me. The man has a very long history of burning bridges and, and leaving charred bodies in his wake. He did it in college. Uh, he was accused of um, stealing from teammates, cheating during practice rounds when he was at the University of Georgia, had an arrest for underage drinking, possessing a fake ID, uh, pleaded guilty, was put on probation, fine, community service, all that stuff. Then he transfers to Augusta State, where he leads them to national championships in 2010 and 2011, and everyone feels that he is exonerated for doing that. But this man has kind of felt like he is Teflon for years, right? Uh, like John Gotti, nothing sticks to him. You can't ever pin a rap sheet on this dude. But I think the kind of um, kind of the tipping point was in uh, Abu Dhabi two years ago. Then uh, you have everything going on at the President's Cup, where Kessler goes and, and assaults a fan for mocking him. Uh, now. In case people don't know, let's just kind of set the stage. Scott, we're on, what, the 10th hole yesterday, I believe, Saturday's it was, round. It was the 10th. 10th hole at uh, Torrey Pines. He blows a shot left into the bunker, pulls that bunker shot left of the green. The television cameras show the ball bounce and land in high rough. Now, here's the first point. For everyone arguing with me on TikTok and Instagram that it was lift clean in place, I'm not going to call you names. I'm just going to put you in your place and give you some intelligent retort. Okay, if you don't know what that word is, look it up. Patrick Reed was not allowed to touch that ball, okay, because lift clean in place only is designated to the fairway of the golf hole you are playing. So, for example, in yesterday's case, hole number 10, Patrick Reed needed to be in the fairway of hole number 10 in order to utilize lift clean in place that the tour has been using all week because of the rains that came through 
Southern California. Patrick Reed was not. He was in the rough. So past history would dictate, first off, Scott, that you are under a radar, correct? If you're Patrick Reed and you are anywhere near the lead of a golf tournament, you are going to be on TV and you've already had various incidents in your past. So, yes, the, the eyes are going to be on you. Right. Under a microscope, I said, not the radar. You're on the radar. Uh, you're, you're good. On the radar, under a microscope. Okay. So with that being said, the first thing any good caddy would do, Dan, how do you know this? Because I talked to my buddy who caddies out of the Corn Ferry Tour this morning. He told me any good caddy, their number one job is not to co- not to cause any penalty strokes for their player. So you don't want to cost your player any strokes. So the first thing a good caddy would do in that situation is this. Hey, Pat, we got a situation here. Let's make sure we consult with our group. Let's make sure we have eyes on this. Let's make sure we have the rules official. You following me so far, Scott? It makes sense? So far, it makes perfect sense. Okay. Instead, Patrick Reed says, nah, fam, I'm just going to ask this volunteer. Now, you've volunteered for events. I've volunteered for events. The number one thing that they tell you is never get involved with the players. If a player asks your opinion, you simply say, I don't know. Well, this woman said, nah, fam, it didn't bounce. Okay, now she was right there. Now, when you watch the replay, you can see this woman there off Mm -hmm. to the side, and she can clearly see that the ball did bounce, and therefore, even in his post-press conference, Patrick Reed said that if a ball bounces, it becomes almost impossible to embed. Okay, so we have we got some some shadiness or some shysterness, as my buddy says, uh, happening already. So Patrick Reed, knowing where the cameras are, puts his back to the cameras and calls out to his playing partners, who are at least 50 yards away on the putting green, and he says, I'm going to lift this and check it. Lifts it. Fools around with the area a little bit. I mean, it kind of looks like he's pressing down to make an indentation, breaking the ground. Mm. Then says to Kessler, his caddy, says, hey, call call a rules official. Kessler, who, by the way, is his brother-in-law. Correct. Justine's brother. Just throwing that out there. Yep. So... Obviously, the caddy's going to protect his man at all, you know, all costs. So Kessler's not going to read. Team Reed. Kessler's not going to go out and say anything, okay? Um, you know, and and for everyone out there, like I like Kessler, okay? Yeah. Like I I interact with Kessler. I speak to Kessler, and I do like him. But in this situation, you know, I kind of understand where he's coming from, right? I mean, w- what are you going to do? You're going to throw your player under the bus? No, you're going to ride or die with this dude because he's your meal ticket. Yeah. Exactly. So Patrick Reed has the ball in his hand. He's fooling around with it, puts it back down, uh, maybe presses it, maybe maybe not, but doesn't get his playing partner's eye, doesn't get Robbie Shelton, his other playing partner's eyes over there. And then the rules official comes. And look, the rules official is in a very tough position, okay, because he's not given 15 to 20 minutes to consult other people. This guy's got to be walking to it being like, Jesus, you've got to be kidding me. I got Patrick Reed like, this is going to be a firestorm. My name's going to be everywhere if I assess a penalty for him for lifting it. I feel like Patrick Reed uses his influence and kind of bullies a little bit and kind of makes the the rules official, like, you know, bow to his wishes and kind of think exactly the way that he's thinking. The rules official says, ah, eh, we kind of did it right. But there's no way you did it right because the precedent is set on tour already that if you have a situation, and look, anybody, Scott, that plays even D3 golf, knows this. Yep. You play amateur golf. I mean, 
You've played club championships. I've played club championships. People know that if there's a situation, consult with everyone in your group, make a consensus, and then get a rules official. Or get the rules official and your group together at the same time so everyone has say in the situation. Because your job as a player, as a playing competitor, is to protect the field. And Patrick had already had the ball in hand when he called out to the people 50 yards away. Now, at 50 yards away, what are those two going to do? Right? Realistically, yeah. what, are, what are they and their caddies going to do? They're going to say, sure, Patrick, go ahead. Right. And or, or, I, go, or, ahead. go ahead. Go do what you got to do. Right. And, and I feel like it was all telling at the end when they tried to get a statement out of both of them, and they both said no comment. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because if they if they had a clue what was going on, they would have said, oh, well, I saw this. Patrick said he was going to do that. And we agreed and we moved on. Not no comment. So it is telling. You're, you're absolutely right there. You know, it's, there, there's an old expression. Most people know it. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Right? Mm-hmm. And you can have a little bit of smoke here or there. And, and, and it passes. Like, you know, VJ had a rules infraction. And, you know, that kind of passed through the years. But when every, when every two, three, you know, when every two, three years you have a major rules infraction and then you have minor ones along the way, I mean, where there's smoke, there's fire. So regardless of, of you know, if you have political beliefs that, that make you side with Patrick Reed or, or, you know, you don't understand the rules of golf and it makes you side with him. The bottom line is, even if you believe he did nothing else wrong, you can't argue the fact that he touched the ball in play without consulting his playing partners, which he should have done, as well as the rules official. I, I don't understand what the big rush was. Just wait for the rules official. That's the the whole thing is that's the reason they're there. It's not to enforce the rules necessarily because the players enforce the rules on themselves. The rules official is there to clarify what the rules are. So at that point, in order to just make sure that you're doing everything correctly, just wait a couple minutes for whoever it is to come rolling up and make the, you know, tell them or give you advice on what to do. That's what they're there for. When, when, when you are a player that is so toxic <clears throat> and you are a player that is so polarizing, I understand that he's gotten away with things in the past. And even when he has been penalized, they aren't penalties that have really affected his paycheck. Now, yesterday was a penalty that could severely affect his paycheck because he ended up making par from there. And look, that's not to say that that he wouldn't have otherwise. You know, he could have. He's a phenomenal short game player. Let's not take anything away from the man's creativity around the greens and how good his hands are. But now you're tied for the lead going into Sunday. Having, and, and, and I'm not speaking for him, okay, but he seems like the type of player to me where this washes off his back. He doesn't, he doesn't care. Someone else with maybe some moral integrity might might have this eat away at them. This is something that this dude thrives on. And this is not trying to make a villain out of Patrick Reed. I so wish he would just come out and be like, hey, I messed up. All right, big time. 
I, I don't know why I thought I could get away with it. Uh, maybe it was the euphoria. Maybe it was the high. Maybe I truly believed what I was doing was right. But you know what? I'm wrong. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for all the past infractions. And, uh, and I'm going to try to be better. Nah, that, that's not in his, his DNA. You're right. It's not. He, he, he lacks the ability to do that. I, and in all honesty, I don't even necessarily think in his mind, like, I, I, necessarily in his mind, the, him winning or losing I, at this point for him, you know, what, what's another win? What's another, you know, uh, what is he going to make another $600,000 more if he came in second than if he had won? Like, I don't think the money even means anything to him at this point. I think this is just about not being wrong. So I, I think it's really more of a, he's not going to admit to anything, not because he doesn't want to lose, but because he doesn't want to be wrong. So. I think I think that is an enormous problem that we have in society nowadays. People are not even arguing the facts. They're just arguing not to be wrong about stuff. They're just arguing for whatever their idea is, whatever they're getting behind to be right. And Patrick Reed has seemed to hone in on that and realize that, Hey, you know what? This is where I can make my money. I've got amazingly, he's got some supportive fan base out there that I think, you know, exists on the fringes of, of most, um, golf fans. You know, I, I, most golf fans, I think, would be like, dude, that's shady. Like, why would you do, you know, like, come on. That's just beyond shady. But there are some people that will argue that Patrick Reed was correct in doing what he did. Yeah, I mean, I think there are people who like him because of the Ryder Cup and stuff like that. And But, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't see it. I just, uh, I, I don't get it. Um... You know, it's unfortunate. It's a it and and the the other thing is this, it's another black eye on the PGA tour. Yeah, the PGA tour is is, you know, a secret society that never talks about its problems, that never talks about its fines or anything like that. Um, and the only time you ever hear about it is when they go back to video replay and assess people fines and you know, assess people penalty strokes. And and that that's even worse of a look. You know, so I, I feel like the PGA Tour being lambasted over those um, penalty strokes that they've given out in the past, I, I feel like now they're just like, all right, we're going to keep everything quiet. Everything's behind closed doors. This is a game of honor, blah, 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 this, that, and the other they talk about. Uh, but then when people push back at that, you know, they, they don't have any answer. What's the recourse? Like, the PGA Tour should literally come out and say something, right? Because then you've got a guy that had no idea that this situation went on in Rory yesterday, where he had a very similar situation where his ball was stepped on. Mm -hmm. They were going to give him a free drop and a lie, and he argued, he argued that, no, this is not really creating the lie. It should probably be pushed down a little bit further. So he moved the ball down further in the rough to try to recreate that exact lie because he felt like he was getting almost a freebie from the rules officials you know so it's like mm -hmm. can can we if the players aren't doing it correctly are we now being led down a road where we can't even trust some of these pga rules officials scott well i think it becomes one of those things where it, it 
it's all of the parties involved. So the the rules official states their opinion, the player states theirs, and they have to come to some type of consensus. Again, it's not necessarily supposed to be the rules official comes out and tells you what the rule is, and they're not necessarily there to enforce it. They're there to help the player interpret it. So you end up with situations like, you know, Rory yesterday. You end up with um, like Jordan Spieth at the driving range at the, the Open Championship where, you know, he knew the rule. He knew what he, he could do. He, he was the one who was explaining what he wanted to do to the rules official and the rules official is just there to confirm it. That's what really what it, it really should be. It shouldn't necessarily be on one person to be the one who's interpreting the rule book. So uh, again, I, you know, it's, uh, it, it's so hard because the rules are kind of complicated. Um, when you start going like really deep into them, but at their heart, it's essentially, you know, hit the ball, find it, and hit it again. At its at their heart, they are common sense rules, right? Yes. Don't touch a ball that's in play, yep. find it, hit it again, hole out, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Um, so two points on this before we put this to bed and kind of pour dirt over it and let them sit six feet under. Is this is this a watershed moment or are we gonna gloss over this in the future? Is this a moment where where we say, you know what? Maybe the rules of golf are too convoluted. Maybe they are, you know, too deep to wade through for such quick decisions on the course. No, I think this will be forgotten by next week. I tend to agree with it too. Uh, unfortunately, I tend to agree with it. I, I wish something would would stop because there are so many people out there that are doing the right thing. And then the next thing, Scott, this this is is starting to remind me, if I'm going to give you an analogy here, of baseball back in the mid to late 90s where the steroid era was really coming into play. Mm -hmm. And for all intents and purposes, and if you do your research and your history, it looked like the higher-ups of the league knew that this was happening. General managers knew that this was happening. But baseball was at such a boon period there and money was being made hand over fist that the powers that be that should have protected the history and the game and the players as well kind of turned a blind eye because, quote-unquote, no one was getting hurt. And we really haven't seen the ramifications until kind of recently where over the last five, six, or seven years, nobody from the steroid era has been getting to the Baseball Hall of Fame, culminating with earlier this week, Nobody was elected for induction in 2021. Are we getting to a point on the PGA Tour in professional golf that that there's the possibility, and I'm just throwing it out there, that maybe there's some you know underhanded, shady, shystering going on? Um, you know, as as long as we can keep breezing over this and and glossing over this stuff, that it's going to keep happening. Um, I mean. I would think it is going to kind of keep happening. Um, if, if for no other reason that, like you said, the rules are so convoluted. So I, I think that there are times where well-meaning players, you know, will, will necessarily, not necessarily, but will accidentally break rules and be convinced that they didn't. And, you know, the, the tour will either intervene or they won't. And yeah, again, I do think it'll keep happening. And, 
I think one of two things will happen. I think one, it will get to the point where people are just sick of it. Um, and then they'll, they'll make a change, but I'm talking years down the road. Um, or it will end up being something that just continually is glossed over and it becomes just almost part of the game. Somebody, somebody would need to, and somebody with some clout would need to stand up and would need to really speak out about this. And, and one of the reasons in my mind that, that people don't is because Reed is a perpetual top 10 player and Mm -hmm. is always a lock for these team situations, President Cup, Ryder Cup, et cetera, et cetera. He's always in the mix. So there's always a very good chance that if you're a good player, you're going to either be on his team or you're going to be paired with him. And the problem is it's going to take a good high-profile player to say something. Like it's not going to take, you know, um, uh, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know, Bo Hostler or something like that mm. to speak out about it. You know what I mean? It's going to take, uh, uh, you know, a Kepka or or a DeChambeau or a Tiger or a Phil to say something. And and quite honestly, I feel like on tour, Scott, with the you know the tour's a traveling circus. These guys yeah. take care of their own, right? So they're worried about their own brand too, you know, and and they're worried about you know them losing sponsors and, and looking bad. And that's why it's easier not to say something. I actually don't know that anyone really, in Bryson and Kepka included, that anyone really has enough clout that the tour would care. Yeah, I mean, you know, the only I, person that would would be Tiger. I, I think. I mean, for 15 years, the, the tour revolved yeah. around him, you know? I, I think that, you know, Tiger, um, definitely. I think. There's if it was a collective kind of thing, um, I think may, the tour then would maybe be more interested in it. But like you said, that's not going to happen because the group that would be the collective group that would have enough clout, again, they don't want to make things awkward. So they're just going to keep their mouth shut. Plus, the other thing is what happens if, you know, that collective group says something to the tour and then two months down the line, one of them is in the middle of one of these situations. So it's just one of those things, like you said, that's just going to get swept under the rug and that's just going to be it. Look in, in every workplace, you know, I mean, think about your, you know, your profession out there, think about what you do for all the people listening. And in every workplace, there are shady underhand things that occur that are never released to the public yet. Everybody knows about them, you know, within that work group. It's the same thing on the PGA tour. I mean, let's be honest. You talk to people off the record, and if you get people actually talking, I mean, they will tell you that this dude is shady. What he does is wrong. Like, I don't like him. You know, he's cost me money. He's made more money than he should have, et cetera, et cetera. But that's never going to come to the forefront because at the end of the day, these people are going to protect their own, you know, for good or for bad because it's lining their pockets as well. And let's also be honest, Scott. This is a dude who subscribes to the mindset that any publicity is good publicity because what are we doing right now? Spending 25, 30 minutes talking about this. It's everywhere on every major sports thing, you know, sports website, news program. I guarantee there's going to be more eyes on Tory Pines today. They're going to have higher viewership. So even though this dude might be a cancer for the tour, what does he do? He draws eyeballs. 
Uh, you know what? And and there may be something. I, I don't know necessarily that the tour doesn't like this controversy right now because of what you just said. Because I mean, right now it's a it's a Sunday. There's no football this week. Um, I mean, I'm not going to call it like a conspiracy theory because I, I don't believe in that. Right. I was just going to say, I, I'm not going to go down the wormhole of conspiracy theories. But if you did subscribe to that, like this is pretty juicy. Yep. Well, and I, I definitely think there's something to be said for the fact that, you know, this is a, a controversy in a, a weekend where there's no football going on. They just announced their like new headquarters. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, who knows? Hey, speaking of which, the new headquarters look sick as you hell. Know, can I just say one thing about that? Yeah. I don't know if this was intentional, but I, does it remind you of the 17th at TPC Sawgrass? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. It's literally an island in what with one like passageway and it's even like the the shoreline around it looks like that like setting so hey they, they've, they've the, literally got, the they've first thing i thought yeah they've got a template they want to kind of stick with it and uh you know it it's part of their ethos if you will it's part of their brand it, image yeah i don't know that it was i i don't think it's supposed to be a clone but it was definitely evocative of that yes yes so which, again, like you said, that's their brand, so go with it. Patrick Reed making news everywhere, as we know. Uh, but also, the little little guy has been making news on Wall Street. And if you have lived under a rock, uh, maybe you don't know. But little people are buying up GameStop and some other stocks and propping them up against big investors who are betting against those so stocks Excuse me, to lose. So what I want to know, Scott, for this next segment here is what pro golfer would you build up by buying a ton of stock in them? Who would you build up like GameStop? So, it, uh, and I had asked you before, so is this supposed to be like, uh, you know, a, a golfer who's who's maybe in a little bit of trouble in dire straits or just somebody that like we like who maybe the, the golf world is kind of like eh about? Well, I think you could take it both ways, right? Because GameStop was looking at bankruptcy. Right. Mm -hmm. So it, it was in dire straits. It was on hard times. However, GameStop is a store that that people love. Like your local game. If you're a gamer, like your local GameStop is the place where you go to hang out and, you know, sell a game for twelve dollars and then they're going to resell it for 50. You know, I mean, there's there's a there's a big contingent of people that love GameStop. So I think we can look at it both ways. OK, so I, I have two two golfers that I think. If I was gonna, you know, prop up their stock, um, then maybe you know, one's maybe fallen on a little dire streets lately, um, but I still think that there's room for him to grow. There's growth opportunities there, um, and then there's another one who's maybe fallen out of favor recently. Okay. So, um, you know, go golfer number one is Ricky Fowler. Oh, okay, okay. This is this is not who I anticipated. But go ahead. Oh, you were you were probably thinking Spieth. I was. I I have two as well. Spieth was one of mine, of course. Yeah. I so that I originally that was my first thought, and then I was like, you know what? I I think Ricky is maybe someone who obviously there's people who like him, but I think he also draws a lot of hate because he was 
I guess, so famous, so young, um, and hasn't had the success that Spieth has had. Well, people are always going to hate on that, right? People are always mm-hmm. going to hate on on what they don't have, and if they think that you know you're too big for your britches, they're going to hate. And and you're right. I think Ricky got a lot of that because he was only contending every once in a while, never really had a chance at winning, but everyone was dressing like him, old people, young yep. people. I mean, you know, his stuff was flying off the shelves and he was making money hand over fist, but it wasn't correlating to his on-course play. Yeah, he he does and he doesn't have the pedigree of Spieth. So, there's no, that. That's for sure. You know, so I, I you know, I do feel like you know, there's still there's still an opportunity for him to live up to some of that hype. So I'm gonna pump that stock up. I'm gonna, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's you know dressing all in orange, something like that. That's gonna you know bring some attention to it. But uh, that's a stock that I'd like to to pump up and you know maybe just maybe you know get some people to uh, you know start showing some more love. All right, so golfer number one, Ricky Fowler. Are you going to prop up his stock? We're going to try to try to get that. It's probably what do you, what do you think it's at? You think it's at five dollars a share right now? I think it's dropped significantly in the last year, and I think maybe it's at five bucks. But I think okay. it, you know he could get back in the winning column um, and get himself back up to maybe like the the fifteen twenty dollar range. Okay. All right. So we've set our precedent right there. So my my next golfer, Scott, is obviously going to be Jordan Spieth. Mm-hmm. Right. This is this is a man who has eleven tour wins. Okay. This is a man who has um, three majors, a FedEx Cup playoff event. I mean, for all intents and purposes, Scott, right now, end this dude's career. And if you're going by the numbers, he should really be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, I, I without a doubt. He's also a, a man who's who's turning twenty eight this year. So he mm-hmm. is by no means near his prime. I feel at one point, if Ricky Fowler at his peak could be a $15 stock, I think Jordan Spieth was $150 stock at one point. Oh, easily. Easily. I he mean, is... he's still, I, I think, I don't know, he was at one point last year, and I'm not 100% sure if he still is, he was still a major ahead of Tiger at that age. Correct. Correct. So now, if he goes this year, it's 2021 already. If he goes this year without winning, uh, if he goes to the to the third week in July without winning, it will be a four year drought without a win. And not only that, but the litany of missed cuts that have come with that has been astronomical. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now, I feel like Jordan Spieth is about. A dollar and five cents a share. Uh, that's, I think, very fair. He he is he is is not a contender. He's not a threat. He's not even a threat to make the cut anymore. He he looks lost out there. Uh, we talked, you know, last week about him maybe going to Harmon, even though he's still with McCormick. Um, so there, there's a lot going on, but I feel like he's a brand that has such pedigree and such high hopes that that people are looking for to always kind of make a return. He's like a Volkswagen Beetle almost, right? He's been discontinued, but people still love him. And, and he, he's only 27, so... Only 27, turns 28 this year. Yeah, so uh, 
I just feel like he's got a lot of he's the hole that he needs to dig out of is so significant. So he I'm is just, one major just a little worried. He's one major away from the career grand slam. Yes. And, and he, and he I, almost had it. He finished second in 2015 at the PGA. Yeah. And then, yeah. And he came in third in 2019. I mean, you know, yeah, I'm going to say at his height, he was about $150 stock and he's down to about a buck now. So I would buy this. I would buy this stock hand over fist because if, if you told me that by the time he's 40, Jordan Spieth only wins once or twice more, I, I think you're insane. You know, something's going to click. The cobwebs are going to be shaking out of his head. And, you know, is he going to come back and have a second half of the career that was like his first half? No, I don't think so. I think there's too much scar tissue. I think there's too much damage mm-hmm. done already. But can he still have a career of a top 25 guy on tour for a few more years? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I would, I would Absolutely. think so. All right, who's, who's your next golfer? This is where it gets interesting. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't know that this is necessarily uh, – I don't know that he's necessarily – well, his stock's definitely down. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Justin Thomas here. Okay. Uh, I feel like his brand has taken a huge hit. I mean, I don't feel like it's definitely taken a huge hit. Definitely has. Um, but for all intents and purposes, I mean, let's be honest – the play, the play on the course is probably still going to be fine. The question is whether or not he can do the, you know, as they said, the the hard work that's needed to sort of show, you know, repentance, as it were. And I feel like if anyone's going to do that, it's Justin Thomas. So right now, his stock may be down a little bit, but I, I'm going to say, you know what, I, I'll buy low on that because I feel like he's going to do what he needs to do to make things right. And the play is going to be there. High point of Justin Thomas stock was worth what? Uh, definitely nowhere near what, what his buddy Jordan Spieth's was. But let's say, you know, 35, 40 bucks. Currently trading at? Mm, it's going to be low. Uh, so, I mean, who, who wants to sign on for that? So uh, let's say two, three bucks right now. I'm all in. A thousand shares. Uh, Definitely. I mean, if you would have told me a month ago that Jordan Speed, I'm sorry, that Justin Thomas stock was going to drop, I'd call you crazy. Mm -hmm. Absolutely crazy with his level of play. So, yes, that's a great one to buy in on. You know who I was thinking, Scott, could kind of make a play for him as a sponsor? Uh, Go ahead. Just, Just based now, just based on his look and his aesthetic. Not necessarily his comments, mind you. Mm-hmm. Um, Eagles and Arrows. Uh, if they could afford him, I think he would definitely fit well with their um, their style. I think their brand and ethos really would look great on a, on a dude like that at on tour. Again, not necessarily with the comments and everything, but you know, let's say right, he right, did right. the hard work and they vetted him, and you know, he came back as a patron saint, the true patron saint, not he who shall not be named. Um, I think he would fit real well. Speaking of Eagles and Arrows, real quick for our listeners out there, uh, Grant dropped a flash sale on some of their items 
on the website. And it's going to last till next weekend. So you have a week to do it. So it's going to end on Super Bowl Sunday. And let me tell you, the price discount on some of the hats, like if you were sitting on the fence, this is me bum-rushing you and knocking you off to that side to get one because they are fantastic. You go to eaglesandarrows.com, check them out on Instagram, eaglesandarrows.co. Um, actually, tonight, Scott, I'm going to be on the Aloha Press podcast. We're going to be doing an Instagram Live. They do a show called The Daily Anger Bang. And guess what I'm going to be wearing, Scott? Uh, are you going to be wearing an Eagles and Arrows uh, hat or shirt or bolt? Correct. And correct. Everything. Okay. Head to toe Eagles and Arrows. So if you don't know what it looks like, check me out on the Aloha Press Instagram live tonight and you'll see me wearing all the Eagles and Arrows gear and you'll understand how good that looks. Now, Scott, I understand that I make that clothing look even better than it does and I'm not saying you're going to look as good as me wearing it, but it definitely will increase your stock as well if you purchase it. Uh, some some of the deals on these hats yeah. They're stupid, right? Uh, yeah. Like it's... stupid good, that's what that means, people. I mean, yeah, they're phenomenal. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is as good a deal as you're you're going to find. Um, I don't even know you can get, like, just a plain hat for some of these prices. Yeah. And, Much and, less one with that sick logo on it. And he's doing it to kind of clear out a little bit of inventory because some of the stuff he has coming up in 2021 is so stupid. It's so good. Like, it's so good. I can't say anything personally, but I can just tell you that, um, maybe like Ben Crenshaw said, Scott, I got a good feeling about this. Mm. All right, here's my last guy, Scott. Go All for right, here's it. my last guy. I'll buy some stock. Ready? Brooks Kepka. Okay. I, okay. I thought about Brooks Kepka, actually. So Kepka. explain your your okay. why why your uh why you went with him, and I'll explain why I didn't. Okay, gladly. Uh Brooks Kepka missed the cut this week at Tory Pines. Of course, that I feel like he probably should have dominated with his length. Brooks Kepka has missed three straight cuts now. That's the biggest slump of his career. He has since parted ways with Claude Harmon. He has said that the knee injury is not bothering him anymore, although it truly looks like he's not getting through the ball and the knee injury is still bothering him. So this is a guy that has, you know, for all intents and purposes, had a really crappy year in the last year, last 18 months, basically, okay? Um, his last win was at the FedEx St. Jude. That was in 2019. We all know the two U.S. Opens, the two PGA Championships. We have those four wins sandwiched between almost two, uh, literally almost two perfect years, from June 18th, 17, to May 19th, 19. Okay, he wins two U.S. Opens, PGA Championship, and in that time, he also wins a CJ Cup at Nine Bridges. Now, his stock was probably skyrocketing as high, if not higher, than Speeds at the end of 19. Okay, I would put him at somewhere on maybe a bit overinflated, but somewhere around $200, $215 a share. And then he's dropped off. So yep. for a year and a half, he has done literally, I mean, sat on his couch for about six months rehabbing, lost a ton of weight to do some modeling. Um, and then has come back and has not even sniffed being near the winner's circle in a year and a half. So I don't think his stock dropped super low, but it was, it was, I mean, let's be honest, 
it was skyrocketing up there towards Tiger and Phil level at that point. You know, battling Bryson, four majors, posing with those trophies, you know, chick on his arm and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I feel like his stock now is probably sitting at about 25 bucks a share, down from a high of 215 Good point. Good point. Um, here's why I didn't go with him, because I did think about that. He was actually probably, uh, other than, he was my first thought instead of Justin, and then I decided to go with Justin. Um, so my thought there uh, is that he has kind of, at this point, his career is based around the majors. So, you know, regular tournament for him and, you know, his words, not mine, doesn't really, doesn't really do anything for him at this point. Sure. You know, he's, he's a major guy. So it's kind of like Tiger missing the cut at like, you know, whatever, you know, golf tournament, you know, they happen to be hosting this week that he's getting an appearance fee for. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It matters in April when he gets to Augusta. It matters the PGA Championship. The Open Championship matters. That's what matters to him. So if he shows up, you know, at a at Augusta and, you know, wins or comes in top five, everyone's going to be, you know, on the Brooks Kepka train again. And he could show up at the tournament next week and miss the cut and just be like, yeah, well, I, I really only care about the majors. So that that's kind of where I'm at with him. I I see... Nothing wrong with those statements at all. I think they're all they're all truthful. So, that's my that's my opinion. All right. So those are our four guys. Um, now, real quickly, Scott, out of those four, who is going to have the best twenty twenty one? Just a prediction. Best twenty twenty one out of those mm-hmm. four. Yep. Justin Thomas. Okay, I I think so too. His level of play is just is just been astronomical lately, regardless of any off course you know, malfunctions, you know, uh, brain lapses or whatever. Um, yeah, that's sure. the easy, that's the easiest one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, cause his play has not suffered. So that's, that's the easiest one. Now I think of the, the ones whose play has suffered, the, the Ricky Fowler will have the best 2021. Okay. I could, I could see that too. I don't see Spieth winning this year. I would love for him to. I don't see it. I don't even see Brooks winning this year. Honestly, I think he's so lost in the sauce right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I do still think when all is said and done, Spieth will eventually have the best career. Um, but he's maybe another like year away from me being like, now nah, he's done. Okay. So I think, I mean, I think that, it could that, go either way with him. So that means Spieth does need to win another major just to try, Bro- just to tie Brooks. Correct. But he's got more overall wins. So, I mean, yeah, it depends where you look And he's only 27. Very true. Very true. All right. That's good. Hey, um, the European tour, whose social media is something that you and I both love, did Mm -hmm. a little one-club challenge. Uh, Lucas Herbert, Tommy Fleetwood, and some other dude. I can't remember his name. But they picked a club. And uh, it was driver, seven iron, or putter. Tommy Fleetwood got stuck with putter. Did you happen to see this or no? I did not. um... Okay. But so, if the Euro Tour did it, it's probably good. Of course. 379-yard, par four, wherever they're at, Middle East somewhere now or something, I don't know. And uh, if, if I told you, Scott, if I said, hey, I'm going to bet you $100 that with a putter. Now, there, there, there was no force carries on this hole whatsoever, okay? Mind you, it's pretty wide open. Um, with a putter, Tommy Fleetwood can get it on the green in six strokes. I will bet you $100 that he can. 
Are you taking that bet or are you betting against me? I it's so six strokes or less. So he yeah, so he, six. If he gets it on the green in six, I win. Uh, no, I'm not taking that. Okay, because you would think Tommy Fleetwood with a putter can do that. I would think he could, yes. Tommy Fleetwood with a putter hit it 200 yards off the tee just into the rough. Now, how many strokes are you thinking it takes him to get on the green with a putter? He's 179 yards out with a putter now. I'm thinking it takes him three more to get there. So. On, on, on his sixth stroke, he didn't make it on the green, and he picked up. Lucas Herbert made par hmm. with seven iron. Well, the seven iron, yeah. I mean, I, that's the that's always the thing. It's like, well, seven iron, seven iron, two putts, right? Just hit, just hit seven iron, and you know. I mean, how many times have you blown it out of bounds off the tee, and you get up there, you make double bogey, and you're like, man, I could have just hit seven iron, seven iron, and putted. I, there's still, I mean, I still think about the the club championship, the the hole I lost to end my match it was the 17th and in all honesty you kind of have to hit driver because you have to get it up this hill but i could have hit two strokes and been in a better position than where i was after my drive so there's that so yeah definitely i i i feel like well uh, you know we're getting hammered with snow now you're going to be getting that snow in probably five six hours from now uh we're looking at 18 to 24 inches or whatever once all that clears maybe we can get back on the course and it is still kind of cold and the ball rolls. I would. I think I'm going to try this when I go over to the goat track one day. I'm not going to use my putter. I don't want to dent it. But I'll use a junk one that I have. And, and I really think I can get on a green in six. I, I would think so, too. I, I'm, I'm shocked you couldn't get there. Yeah. You know what, though? I, again, it's, it's obviously not like a normal thing. So it could be one of those things where, like, uh, you know, yesterday or whatever day it was he couldn't do it but you know nine times out of ten he would oh for sure so, i i feel like my swing is so crappy that i would be better with a putter than he would does that make sense his swing's almost too good to be swinging a putter yeah that's what i'm saying like I, and i and i do and like i said i feel like you know some days it's gonna be there and some days it's not so he's too good with you know a regular iron that start trying it with a putter it's like oh what was I thinking? Exactly, exactly. Uh, some other news to finish up today's episode. Bubba, you see Bubba sign with with Ashworth. So he's done with Oakley now. Um, I, I kind of like this, Scott. Ashworth is like that older generational golfer, cool SoCal vibe. And I don't know. I, I feel like Bubba now is – first off, he's gotten really gray over the mm -hmm. last year. He's really – aged over the last year i don't know if there's you know stuff going on in his personal life or whatnot i'm not even going to try to impose that at all but he is definitely aged and, and i feel like if he stuck with oakley he would look like an old man trying to look young right um yeah and the this, oakley this thing the oakley thing never really made too much sense to me to begin with well, I guess yeah, Oakley's wild and they're young and, you know, Bubba's wild. Bubba, I love when the announcer's like, Bubba sees shots other people don't see. No, no, that's not true. Other people just don't try to take those shots. Yeah, he's he's just crazy enough to try it. Right. Uh, the, you know what? I, I will say this for Oakley. One of the my personal favorite golf ads of all time um, was the – it was probably one of the first – Bubba Watson, Oakley ads. Was it the it hovercraft? Was, 
No, it was oh. him, it was a print ad. It was him shirtless, um, hanging up a bunch of Oakley shirts on like a clothing drying I, line. I remember that because you know the best way to sell golf shirts is a shirtless Bubba Watson. I mean, maybe it is. It's like, hey man, you look like me. This does not look good. You need a golf shirt to cover it. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, and then you know, you know what I want to just touch on. Uh, this should not go overlooked, even if he doesn't win. And the Reed story should not overlook Victor Hovland's sixty-five on the mm-hmm. south course in Friday's weather. Uh, yep. Look, it is January, and people, you may have seen the round of the year in professional golf. Uh, dude hit 11 of 14 fairways, 16 of 18 greens, gained 9.76 strokes on the field. They had two inches of rain. They had hail. They had snow. They had 20, 20 mile an hour winds, freezing temps and localized flooding in the area. So much so that on Thursday when it was nice, they had to play lift clean in place. And this dude was in a completely different realm than anyone else on the course that day. So he, I mean, right now he's, he's two back. So, you know, maybe he can chase him down. We'll see. Now somebody shot a 64 that day, one stroke better, but they did it on the North course. And, and let's be honest, it's about a two to three stroke difference between the North and the South. Yeah, That's a different, different I mean, and with the, with the, yeah. And with the South hugging that shoreline, I mean, the winds just played like crazy. So, you know, this may have changed now we're recording Sunday afternoon. We're not going to hang around to the winners, but you had Ortiz and Reed, Tied, and then you've got Sam Burns, Lanto, Hovland, John Rahm, Adam Scott, Sam Ryder, and Rory McIlroy. I mean, you got as we as we record this, um, Reed is not uh, Ortiz and Reed are not tied. Ortiz is even on the day. Reed is two under, so Reed has a a two stroke lead. Okay, I mean over (laughs) over everyone. Hovland, Rahm, and Ortiz are all two back. All right. Well, I mean, if it comes down to it, and if it separates it by a stroke. This story is going to come back into play. Trust me. Hmm. Oh, definitely, definitely. All and right, you know, got... it would be it would be a pretty nice flex of Hovland, and he won't do it if he just threw you know he threw some shade at like a presser. But geez, oh, I don't I don't see that happening. No, I think too much of a smile and be like, yeah, second place is awesome. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I made some good money. Blah blah blah. You know what I mean? Yep. Um. All right. So, anything else for the uh, for the good of the people? Uh, no, not at all. Not at all. Everyone stay safe in the snow. Yep, for sure. Um, hey, so real quick, uh, you know, obviously go to eaglesandarrows.com, check out their sale. Uh, check me out on Aloha Press's Daily Anger Bang Instagram Live tonight. We'll we'll put that up there when uh, we're going out. I'm sure we'll probably uh, argue about Patrick Reed or something along those lines. Sounds like fun. All right, people. Either get busy golfing or get busy dying. All right, be good. Thank you.